The views and opinions expressed are for general informational purposes only. Consult with your physician or medical health care provider for medical advice, diagnosis, and or treatment. Today, we talk about research articles and hot topics. Our topic today is what's new? Hot topics number 73. Stress management is deemed necessary for the long haul. Practicing stress management can get us through the rest of the pandemic. According to the American Heart Association, few Americans with diabetes meet heart targets. The vast majority of patients are missing the mark on decreasing their cardiovascular disease risk. One key factor we can focus on is weight management. The latest research shows that the average weight gain during this pandemic has been 30 pounds. Let's make an effort to get back to healthy living. All this and more on It's All About Health and Fitness. Welcome to It's All About Health and Fitness with Dr. Vicki Hayward-Doe and Dr. Virginia Banks-Bright. This program is brought to you by Vicki Doe Fitness, a multimedia health and wellness forum. Now, here's your host, Vicki Doe and D. Banks-Bright. I'm Dr. Vicki Haywood-Doe, and with me is the one and only Dr. Virginia D. Banks-Bright. So how are you, D? <laughs> oh, snowed almost in, trying to dig out of this mess. I know. It was a lot of snow, wasn't it? What a mess. I know. And I mean, I think we got a direct hit. We got a direct hit. like from everybody around us, Youngstown was in the line of fire. They were in the line of fire. You're right. They were in the line of fire. So it just kept going on and on and on, didn't it? <laughs> it did. It kept going it on and on and on. I was like, what is going on? <laughs> I know. Yes. I know. It was terrible. It was terrible. It was very terrible. Yeah, but I went out there and put my yardstick in, and, we, and I measured 11 inches out my front, out my side door. Okay, it was 11 uh, inches? Okay. 11 inches, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Yep. Well, wow. Did you all lose any power? Did you lose power or anything? No, we didn't. I didn't either. I was. I had run out that morning and gotten flashlights and candles and blankets and called and made sure my bill had been paid. And <laughs> yes, I know, right? All these things because, you know, they were predicting power outages and stuff. And that's terrible when your, your power goes out, your heat goes out. You know, everything. I know. I know. So. Yeah. Yeah. But we are here, right? We are here. Yes, we are. We are here. And so this is episode 223. And today we talk about research articles and hot topics that we think are worth looking at and talking about. And our topic today is what's new. Hot Topics number 73. The prevalence of diabetes is still among us, and research has shown that the vast majority of patients are not reaching their goal of cardiovascular disease reduction. And so we're going to look at the article, the research article, and figure out why that is. How can we manage stress when the pandemic seems to be never ending? What can we do? do more of. And so we're going to um, talk about that today as well. And then Dr. D will talk about the latest update on this ever-changing, these ever-changing guidelines of the pandemic and what we're doing. We have a lot of hot topics that we're going to talk about today uh, later on this episode, and we want you to stay with us today. Now, make sure you subscribe to this podcast. It's all about health and fitness. Vicky Doe Fitness on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or on any of the platforms that you listen to your podcast. And when you subscribe, you will be notified first when we post a new show. You will be able to listen, learn, and experience our shows where we bring in other guests and we talk about we talk about the things that are important for our health and our 
well-being and also our community. And as you know, we do not just talk about our physical health. We talk about other things, too, things such as uh, preserving our mental health as well. And so we believe in total well-being, and that is having a holistic approach to healthy living. So make sure you do not miss any of our shows and go and subscribe today. And last but not least, go on Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star review of this show because that is how we grow and increase our listeners. And we definitely appreciate you. Now, listen, folks, stop depending. Stop depending on willpower and motivation alone to help you lose those stubborn pounds. You know, learn how. You can learn how to create holistic and sustainable lifestyle habits that will give you lasting results. And so we can help you with that. So go right now, enroll in our Vicky Doe Fitness Step-by-Step Weight Loss Boot Camp Masterclass. Um, and it's our online 12-week comprehensive weight loss and wellness program that embraces the holistic approach to sustainable, healthy lifestyle habits for weight loss and long-lasting transformation. Now, this program has all of the necessary components to help you attain the results that you need. It has exercise training with our personal training health fitness coaching app. It has health and nutrition education, um, healthy eating sample menus, social support, and most of all, accountability. So go, go to www.vikidofitness.com forward slash bootcamp and find out more about this weight loss and wellness program. So go ahead, sign up today. I can't wait to see you there. And as always, we want to thank you, thank you, thank you for your support. Yes, thank you, thank you for your support. All right, Dee. Well, yeah, this snow, that snow kept coming and coming, and it was very interesting, wasn't it? <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, but you know, everybody should have been ready because they certainly did give you enough warning. You know, but there are still some people, as they say, we used to say in the South, that don't believe that fat meat is greasy. And so, <laughs> you know, <laughs> so, so they, were, they were held off guard. I mean, they were taken off guard. But, I mean, you know, I don't know if you saw some pictures that some people sent me. People cleaned off the shelves. They cleaned I it mean, off, huh? People cleaned off the shelves, Vicky. It was like... They were expecting Armageddon. Oh, I wow. Mean, like the end of the earth or something. I mean, everything. And I guess a friend of mine sent me pictures of Giant Eagle and Hermitage. And everything was gone. It was just amazing. Toilet paper and all. So, yeah. So why is it when we always have some kind of crisis coming up that people just really worry about wiping their you-know-what, you getting toilet I know, paper? I don't get it. I'm to figure out what is that about <laughs> what is the toilet paper caper about i don't know i don't i don't get it it's obviously something that i'm missing i, I guess so i guess so i don't know <laughs> I'm missing I, I i just don't know i'm missing pass pass that's it <laughs> 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 that's, that's all it. I can say that's it that's all I can say but yeah so the so everybody everything was closed the university was closed for our first day because you yeah. know this is our this is our first week back so now you were supposed to go on Monday right so classes were oh no that was Martin Luther King so yeah that on was a holiday yeah so on Tuesday yeah but the, it was so much small snow that they had to close up campus to just clean up something yeah, so that was all over. That was that was not only wow. Kent State where I had to start my my teaching semester. It was everywhere. What are you teaching this semester? I am teaching dance mechanics one, which is uh -huh. a, like a, it's a, a anatomy and phys, but it's for you uh -huh. know the dancers. Um, uh -huh. And then I'm teaching two dance classes. 
So I'm doing a oh. modern West African and then oh, just an African, West African dance. So I'm oh, doing nice. three classes. Okay, wow, that's a lot, Vicky. That's too much. That's why I told them kindly. <laughs> Whoa. I said, listen, I'm giving y'all a heads up ahead of time how we do things, because that's why y'all always oh. call me, but don't put me in the schedule for fall 2022. Thank you. Oh, my goodness. You know, because things are getting wow. busy here at Vicky Doe Fitness, and then there's other projects that I got to finish up, and so teaching three classes, that's a lot. That is a lot. That's a lot. That is a lot. Then after that, it's like, uh, no. And it's been, it'll be two years. It'll be two years uh, once this semester is up. So that's enough. You know, I go in and help out a little bit. And then I, you know, back out gracefully. Yeah, that's a lot. Wow. Yes. That's my plight. But I always enjoy. And, you know, I'm always going to be doing something on, you know, Kent's campus anyway. But, yeah, Uh teaching Teaching classes, you know, that gets to be a little much. I can only do it for, you know, at least a year or two. Then I have to back out. I'll just go in there and do programs and initiatives and stuff like that because I still have to do Vicky Doe Fitness. I have to do the business. Now, do you have, to, do you have a, a grad assistant or anything? Not in the dance department, see. Okay. Now, if I'm teaching in exercise science, like I said, I can have up to like four or five. It depends on what I'm teaching because it's a lot of labs uh-huh, uh-huh. in there. But, um, yeah, because I remember with my, my semester teaching in exercise science, I had about five GAs. But we had. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. We had about, three, I had about two or three classes then, but they're the ones that do all the labs and the extra work. But in the dance department, they don't quite have that. So the setup is different. Because I was I like, well, what is missing? I was like, okay, that's missing. Grad assistant. <laughs> yeah, I was like, that's missing. That's let, me, missing. let me just uh, yeah. do a little something, something, and then I, I can't do this. This is not sustainable. It's not sustainable. No, it's not. No, no it's, it's not. It's just like with me teaching residents. You know, I have one a resident with me this month, but, you know, I was telling the people who were, I said, I can't do this every month. I mean, I just, you know, as you get older and to whom much is given, much is expected. And, you know, you don't want to, I, 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 I've gotten away from being in the hospital at the, the crack of dawn. You know, I have to kind of get myself together, get my coffee and this, that, and the other. And that teaching thing is more than a notion. Oh, it's something, you know. You it's know. more than a notion. And I know, I see your honey sweet. He's mm-hmm. surrounded by two or three medical students and residents, and it it slows you down. It I slows mean, I you know down. We were all taught, and I don't mind doing it and teaching because I know that they have. That's the way they have to learn. But it's not sustainable every month. It's not sustainable. It's Right. I can't do it. It's not sustainable. And then when I teach dance, you know, I'm doing the the West African dance. So to make my class just outstanding, that's what everybody, Uh you know, they they love my class. But I'm pulling in, you know, Yende and those guys from Columbus with the drumming. And, you know, I'm I'm doing all that, coordinating that. So it's a lot of coordinations and things. Yep. <laughs> After a while, you just coordinate yourself on out. You know me. <laughs> you know, what, what what movie was it? Say I'm I'm court coordinate. What movie? It was one of them. What you doing? I'm coordinate. Well, I'm. <laughs> Well, after a while, you just coordinate yourself. <laughs> you know, it's too many moving parts. It's too and many moving parts. So you don't feel like dealing with a bunch of moving parts. Nope. Too many. Nope. And so you know. You know what? Yeah. So then I always have to take a step back. Mm. You do. And then do. get coordinated. <laughs> you do. You do. Because you can get caught up in that university and hospital and academics and all that stuff it's more than a notion and people that haven't done it they don't understand it's more than a notion yeah they don't understand it's a lot of moving yeah. parts because yeah. yeah. you got to prepare yeah yeah 
Yeah, yeah. You have to be prepared. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a, it's a lot of yeah. stuff. So yeah, yeah uh, I think I you know, and I always I enjoy going back and stuff. No matter what you know, I teach and everything, and I always make it yeah. happen. But I always know that I can only last at least about two years. Yeah. Because I always I have to do you know Vicky Doe Fitness. So yeah. Sure, absolutely. So absolutely. that's my plight. <laughs> and you're going to stick to it. And I'm going to stick to it. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> that is. So yeah. when you see yeah. me, when you ask me the next time after this semester, did you coordinate yourself out? <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> well, you have to. Yeah. Step back and take a breath. You know, because the other thing is that. You know, with, with short staffing and this, that, and the other, and mm-hmm. you know, wanting to keep good teachers and so forth. In, in, in some respects, they'll use you till they use you up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it's nice to be needed, nice to be wanted. Oh, Dr. Banks, we really want you to. But, you know, it, 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 somebody else has to take some of the load as well. You know That's it. And, so, and then we just have so. to learn how to say no sometime, right? Exactly. That's part of my problem. Yeah. My yeah. problem is I cannot say no. Uh-huh. And then I look back and I'm like, why did I do this? And I got something to do Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday mm-hmm. night. And then I'm like, well, where is my time? That's it. That's it. it comes from not being able to say no. You're right. But one thing I will have to say that I do appreciate Kent State. They have always tried to schedule me <laughs> where it made sense so I can still, you know, be able to do yeah. Vicky Doe Fitness. Yeah. Sure, yeah. Sure. yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Good. Kudos to them. Kudos to them. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. All right. So how was your week? Did you do anything exciting? Uh, I didn't really <laughs> do anything exciting. I just, you know prepared to hunker down that's it my whole process <laughs> was just trying to figure out how to get myself prepared in this house in case you know the snow was up to up to the to the roof mm-hmm. the way they were making it sound mm-hmm. but uh, no i didn't do anything but just kind of chill and starting to read this book called the 1619 project okay um, yes yes a series of of, of uh, essays and articles so i'm just trying to do that and um Really, just kind of chill. You know, I'm still keeping. I've gone back to my swimming, so I've done. I've okay. Trying to religiously do that, you know, sticking to the at least 150 minutes a week. Okay, and sometimes good. Sometimes even more. So mm-hmm. yeah, just doing all those kinds of things that you can do to try to get into the new year, not making unrealistic, doing having unrealistic expectations, but just you know, doing what you can do and just focus on health and wellness rather than some. You know, I gotta swim a mile a day or whatever. That's it. Thing. Okay. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. That's what I've been doing. Awesome. Well, that's cool. What is going on this week, D? Oh, it's so sad. I know. Up this morning to the announcement that the great Andre Leon Talley, editor and fashion industry force, who was 73 years old, died. Called a creative genius. He was the rare black editor at the top of a field that was mostly white and notoriously elitist. And as I said to you, I really wanted to talk about this for a little bit. Okay. Um, for a couple of reasons. Well, Andre Leon Talley, the larger-than-life fashion editor who shattered his industry's glass ceiling when he went from the Jim Crow South to the front rows of Paris couture, parlaying his encyclopedia knowledge of fashion history and his quick wit into roles as author, public speaker, television personality, and curator died Tuesday at 73. His death after a series of health struggles was confirmed by his friend Darren Walker, president of the Ford Foundation. Andre Leon Talley was a singular force in an industry that he had to fight to be recognized, Mr. Walker said, calling him a creative genius and noting his ability to craft a persona for himself out of a deep academic understanding of fashion and design. Called the only one by the New Yorker by virtue of his being the rare black editor at the top of a field that was notoriously white and notoriously elitist. Mr. Talley, who was 6'6", tall, was Mm -hmm. an unmistakable figure everywhere he went. Given to drama in his personal style, he favored capes and gloves and regal headpieces. His pronouncement, my eyes are starving for beauty. Yes. And the work he adored, he cultivated an air of haughtier, though 
his friends knew him from his subcutaneous sentimentality. Mm. He was, said the actress and talk show hostess, Ruby Goldberg, and her 2018 documentary, The Gospel According to Andre, so many things he was not supposed to be. He was the receptionist at Interview Magazine under Andy Warhol, the Paris Bureau Chief of Women's Wear Daily under John Fairchild, the creative director and editor-at-large of Vogue under Anna Wintour. Mm -hmm. He helped Michelle Obama when she was first lady. He was an advisor and friend to designer Oscar de la Renta, and he became a mentor to Naomi Campbell, the supermodel. He cast Miss Campbell as Scarlett O'Hara in a shoot for Vanity Fair that reimagined Gone with the Wind with black protagonists long before fashion woke up to its own racism. He was latterly a judge on the TV show America's Next Top Model, artistic director of the online retailer Zappos, whom if y'all, the, your, the group doesn't know, I love get, doing Zappos. You order shoes and they're knocking on your door. And big time, big time, yeah, right? That's just how fast they are. Big time. He was an advisor to the musician Will I Am, mm-hmm. tech startup and deeply involved with the Savannah College of School and De- Design. And I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Mr. Talley was a fixture at the Abyssinian Baptist Church in Harlem, whose minister is Dr. Calvin, Reverend Dr. Calvin Butt, mm-hmm. the third. He arrived with celebrities like Ma- Mariah Carey and Tamron Hall, but he was also known for, known for his serious faith. With all his celebrity and globe trotting, he came in the best of times and showed up in the worst of times, said Mr. Butt, or Reverend Butt. He showed up to worship. He supported the church. He gave generously, and his friends loved him. Mr. Talley, who was openly gay, lived alone and had little semblance of a romantic life, had no immediate survivors. Kate Novak, the director of the 2018 documentary, said he was a classic American success story, but noted that his success had come at a cost. Andre is one of the last of those great editors who knows what they're looking at, knows what they're seeing, knows where it came from. Tom Ford said in the documentary, Andre crosses out all these different words, and he's so big and so grand, a lot of people think, this guy's crazy, but it's a fabulous insanity. A chance meeting with editor Carrie Donovan, then working at Vogue, convinced him that he had to move to New York, and in 1974, he volunteered to help Diana Vreeland at the Metropolitan Museum of Art Costume Institute. It was through Mrs. Vreeland he wrote in his memoir, The Chiffon Trenches, released in 2020 by Random House, that I learned to speak the language of style, fantasy, and literature. It was also through Mrs. Freeland that he in, entered the magazine world and through interviews that he met Andy Warhol. He was constantly trying to grab my crotch, Mr. Mr. Talley later told the New York Times. It was not a Harvey Weinstein moment. Andy was a charming person because he saw the world through the kaleidoscope of a kid. Everything was gee golly wow. <laughs> at, at interview, he also met Carl Lagerfeld, the Fendi designer, whose omnivorous cultural taste and intellect became his lodestar, especially once he joined Women's Wear Daily and moved to Paris. There he enjoyed glamorous evenings with Lee St. Laurent and his acolytes, moving from the Chateau of Aristocrats to Nouveau Nightclub. Through it all, Mr. Talley wrote in his memoir, he navigated in his armor, specifically banana cable knee socks and elegant moccasins and turnbow and after shirts. For him, fashion was being was both inspiration and disguise. Camouflage against the racist barbs he experienced, such as being referred to as Queen Kong. It was only in hindsight, Mr. Talley wrote, that he realized the blinders I had to keep on in order to survive. And the reason that I wanted to comment on this was that I met him through those many times that I was with Dr. Maya Angelou, whom I called Auntie Maya, who would always have, you don't know, you didn't know who was going to be at her house in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. And I remember mm-hmm. it was at one of her white parties in the summer okay. that I was having lunch with some folks sitting around. And there's, I looked out, and you couldn't miss him. Uh-huh. There was... Andre Leon Polly and his grand white cast and just kind of floating along, you know, the grass and just had such a presence about him. Yes. And I remember, you know, we just kind of chatted maybe briefly because he was just too important or busy to talk to me. I was nothing. And I remember we all went into, but the thing about 
him uh-huh. was that he always knew in that house that Dr. Angelou was the chief. The chief. I remember we had finished our food. Somebody had come out and said, well, it's time to go in. We are going to have prayer and prayer session because it was always gospel singing. You never, you know, B.B. Winans and all of them were down there and so forth. Okay. Uh-huh. And I remember walking in the house and I was, I was behind him. And I just kind of wanted to, I don't know, I wanted to say something else to him. Maybe I, I think I might have wanted to mention my friend Nanette Lepore in fashion and design and so forth. Uh-huh. But he knew, and so we were getting ready to gossip, but he put his fingers up against his thing, like, in order to, t- to tell me, you need to be quiet. Because you knew that Dr. Angelou could hear any and everything in that house that was spoken. But he was just, you know, mm-hmm. I remember the documentary that they, um, that I saw this doc. I don't know where I was going, on a long plane ride someplace, and saw this documentary about him. Mm-hmm. He was born in Washington, D.C., but he always talked about how he grew up in Durham, North Carolina. Yes. And was raised by his grandmother. Mm-hmm. Now, a lot of my fans on Facebook from North Carolina, who are my age, mm-hmm. remember him back in the day. He went to Hillside High School, which was a black high school in Durham. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he was different. You know, he, he was just different. You know, he was into a lot of things, obviously, that a lot of black kids weren't into, especially as a black male, and he was laughed at and ridiculed and stuff. But he ultimately had the the last laugh, and he truly was, had to make a way for himself because white gay men could make it in the fashion industry. You know, look at Versace and, and Karl Lagerfeld, and a lot of the men were closeted, closeted gay men, but they had to have, as we call it, a beard and be married. Yes, uh, yes. But a black man coming out who looked like he did and was grand in stature and all of that, and then mm-hmm. coming out as gay, mm-hmm. he would never have made it in that industry. Mm-hmm. And he made friends with a lot of people because, like he said, he had to have blinders on. He couldn't react to every racist thing that happened to him or he never would have made it in that industry. Mm-hmm. And I remember him saying, not only on the documentary, but I remember hearing him being interviewed, one of the people that ultimately became his friend, and then I guess they kind of parted ways, was Anna Wintour, mm-hmm. who was editor of Vogue magazine. Mm-hmm. And I remember him saying that one day she called him into the office, and I thought about this when I heard that he had passed, and told him, Andre, you need to do something about your weight. You know, you're you're overweight, Mm -hmm. blood pressure, I'm sure, is up. He had diabetes. He had everything that was associated with, you know, that. And he said he listened to her for a while and tried to do some things, but ultimately he couldn't do it. And then they ended up parting ways, and he wrote in in his book some maybe not-so-kind things about him. But the sad thing about it was that he was alone. Yes. And maybe he was alone. Maybe he wasn't lonely. He was alone. Mm-hmm. And he did struggle with health issues. He just, you know, as we talk about, you know, when people taught this this curvy thing and, you know, I'm all, I, we're all struggling with weight and so forth. We have all of our lives to some extent, you know, being too thin or too overweight or whatever. Mm-hmm. But some of those things are not healthy. That's you it. You know what I mean? Yes, and, yes. And so... You know, I don't know how he was in the latter parts of his years, but he had those health struggles that were his demons. Yes. And particularly that obesity, just he just could never. And, of course, that led to his diabetes and his hypertension and all of that. What a grand man. And rest in peace. Um, and he will be missed because I was also looking at some pictures he was during the people that were also part of the, the groupie group when I was down there were Ashford and Simpson. Yes. And there were pictures of him on Facebook today of some friends of mine that were in that group of when he used to hang out at the sugar bar and so forth. So he had that side of him that could eat chitlins and, you know, hang out with, with the folks. Mm-hmm. And then on the other hand, he could twist around and turn around and have caviar. Yes. And champagne and Verge Cricot was the best of them. That's what I loved about him. Yes. He could cross both sides of the fence and feel comfortable. And everybody felt comfortable with him yes. on one side of the fence or another. That's my, yes. that's my, that's my, my take on Andre Leon Talley. I've oh. always liked him. Okay. And, and he shall... Rest in peace, right? And rest in peace. And rest in peace. They they don't know for sure what caused his death yet? or No, I haven't heard yet. Me either. He died in White Plains Hospital. 
Okay. But I don't know. Eventually, I'll probably ask some of my friends. I was going to call one of my friends who is Dr. Angelo's special uh, person, her kind of lady, lady in waiting. And I don't say that, you know, pejoratively. She was everything to Dr. Angelo. Okay. I'll probably call her to see if she's heard anything because I know they were great friends. But it's just such a loss. It and, is. Um, he didn't have any survivors, you know. He, yes. You know, how, how lonely. No, no survivors that we know of. Now, you know, he was very generous. And very philanthropic, and how do we know his yes. will hasn't been read? Yes. So he may have given a lot of money to a lot of philanthropic causes because that's just the way he was. And he gave a lot of money. You heard him say, say about Savannah School of yes. Art Design. He probably did that, and he probably gave money to you know North Carolina Central and A and T and a lot of those schools that we will probably hear about or not hear about at some point in time. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah, yeah, that's 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 something. That's sad, but I would love to hear him talk. I would love to to oh, uh, yeah. just look at how tall and just beautiful. Oh, Wasn't yeah. he just a tall? He was <laughs> just six foot six, and he he owned it. Yes, he, he did. Oh, when he walked in the room, and I remember it wasn't a room. He was on. We were outside on the pit in the her backyard, mm-hmm. and he owned that backyard, and I was sitting with, just a name drop, I was sitting with Freddie Jackson, okay. you know, the singer Freddie Jackson, yes, yes. and I looked over, and I was like, is that who I, I think it is, and he goes, girl, you know it is, I was like, oh my God, that's Andre Leon Tully, and here's Freddie Jackson, who was in his own right, right. singer, but right. he bowed down to yes. Andre Leon Tully, yes. he bowed down, yes. so, yeah, just a grand, grand man. Mm-hmm. The, the moral of the story, too, is like you said, you know, sometimes you just got to do what you got to do and keep those blinders you gotta do what on. You got to do. You mm-hmm. do. You mm-hmm. do. You can't focus. I remember one of my medical school classmates told me back in the 70s, he says, you know, mm-hmm. if we react to everything that happens to us from a racist standpoint, all we'll be doing is reacting all day and you won't get anything done. <laughs> <laughs> and the way he was talking about, he was like jerking like seizures. You know, he was like, all you be doing is like reacting all day. So you got to put everything in its proper perspective. And there are times when you have to pick a battle, but there are times where you don't pick a battle. That's it. And there were times where he could not pick battles in that industry because he would have been blackballed or cast aside or whatever. He did what he had to do to survive. That's it. That's it. And good for him. Good for him. That's it. Good for him. Well, D, that was that was something. Yeah. So yeah. let's yeah. move on then. What's the like? It's always some stuff well, going on. What's the latest? Yeah, D? always some stuff. So you know, I just thought I would bring up a couple things or two or three things. Number one, mm-hmm. Biden is going to be distributing some N95 masks. Okay. It's a little too late, but he's going to, okay, whatever. Okay. He's going to be <laughs> delivering 500 million N95 masks. And like I said, he must have heard what I said, because I said this three weeks ago that he, once the CDC decided, and they came out, it was kind of a weak statement, but they finally came out and said that the N95s and K95s were more effective, certainly than the cloth mask and so forth. That's so they're going to send those out. And then as of yesterday, mm-hmm. covidtest.gov. The website is up for each family mm-hmm. to go in mm-hmm. and order four COVID and COVID uh, antigen tests. So that's up and running. Okay. Um, so you can get that done. And then I just thought I would just mention this this brief article about okay. Okay. here's where and how you are most likely to catch COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, two years into the pandemic, most of us are fed up. COVID case rates are higher than they've ever been, and hospitalization rates are going up rapidly. Again, this bleak picture, we, we, we do yearn to get back to normal. We like to meet friends in a pub or have them over for dinner. We like, we like our struggling businesses to strive like it did before the pandemic. We like our children to go back to school like they did, in-person schooling and after-school activities. We like to get on a bus and sing in a choir, get back to the gym. Uh, that'll be a negatory. I know, right? Or dance, or dance in a nightclub without fear of catching COVID. Which of these activities are safe and how safe exactly? These were questions we sought to answer in our latest research. SARS-CoV-2, the virus that causes um, the uh, COVID uh, disease, spreads mainly by airborne. So the key to preventing transmission is to understand how airborne particles behave. 
And this article is from Professor uh, Trish Greenlay, so Professor of Primary Healthcare uh, Sciences, University of Oxford. Jose Luis Jimenez, Distinguished Professor of Chemistry, University of Colorado Boulder. Uh, Shelley Miller, Professor of Mechanical Engineering. ZP, Research Scientist, University of Colorado Boulder. So which of these, and they kind of, this was kind of like a scientific study. Okay, so okay. Air is, um, so, so the key to preventing transmission is to understand how airborne particles behave. That's why you have these chemists in here, which requires knowledge of physics and chemistry. Air is fluid made up of in, in, invisible, rapidly, and randomly moving molecules. So airborne particles disperse over time indoors, such as in a room or on a bus. An infected person may exhale particles containing the virus, and the closer you are to them, the more likely you are to inhale some virus-containing particles. But the longer the period you, it, you both spend in the room, the more spread out the virus will become. If you're outdoors, the space is almost infinite. So the virus doesn't build up in the same way. However, someone can still transmit it if you're too close. Viral particles can be emitted every time an infected person breathes, but especially if their breathing is deep, mm. exercising, mm. Not, not the gym, not the gym, Mm-mm. and Mm-mm. involves vocalizations such as speaking and singing, while wearing a well-fitting mask reduces transmission because the mask blocks the release of virus. The unmasked infected person who sits quietly in a corner is much less likely to infect you than one who's yelling and screaming in an argument. All variants are equally airborne, but the chance of catching COVID depends on the transmissibility and contagiousness of the, of the variant. Delta is more contagious. The Omicron now is more contagious than Delta. Okay. And how, on how many people are currently infected, the prevalence of the disease, at the time of this writing, which was a few weeks ago, more than 97% of COVID infections in the UK were Omicron, and one in 15 was currently infected. While Omicron appears more transmissible, it also seems to produce less severe illness. We've heard about that, especially if you're vaccinated. Mm-hmm. So what's the likelihood of becoming infected? In our study, we have quantified how the different influences on transmission change your risk of getting sick. Viral, people factors, sitting, air quality. And they have this chart, which I won't go over. I'll just summarize. Okay. So they did this by carefully studying empirical data on how many people became infected in a, in a super spreader event where key parameters such as room size, room occupancy, and ventilation levels were well documented and by representing how transmission happened with a mathematical model. So, ultimately, a surefire way to catch COVID is to do a combination of things that get you into the dark red, which is the dark red on this chart, mm-hmm. that's more infectivity. For example, gather together with lots of people in an enclosed space with poor air quality, such as underventilated gym, I told you. I know, Night right? Nightclubs or, or school classrooms. Do something strenuous or rowdy, such as exercising, singing, shouting. Leave your mask off and stay there for a long time. To avoid catching COVID, try keeping in the green or amber spaces that were, that's on this table. For example, if you must meet other people, do it outdoors or in a space that's well ventilated or meet in a space where the ventilation is good and the air quality is known. Keep the number of people to a minimum. Spend the minimum amount of time together. Don't shout, sing, or do heavy exercise. Wear high quality, and now we know it's probably N95s or KN95s, well fitting mass from the time you enter the building to the time you leave. So while the chart gives an estimated figure for each situation, the actual risk will depend on the specific parameters, such as exactly how many people in a room of what size. If you fancy, so on the map, if you fancy putting in your own data, then you can come out and see how likely you are to be infected. But bottom line is stay away from people and put your mask on. And get vaccinated and booster up. And get vaccinated and boosted correct up. That's it. I, I don't I don't get it. I mean I just I still don't get it. I know. I said it's it's interesting how people will um always be talking about me spraying my Lysol. Shoot, that saved you. <laughs> you were on it from day one. That saved you. Well, why are you spraying? Why are you spraying Lysol? We got to from day one, Vicky. You were on it from day one. Well, doctor, you always were spraying. <laughs> Dr. Doe is in. Dr. Doe's you here. Always. You were always 
Well, Dr. Doe is here. You can smell the Lysol. Hell yeah. And if you keep talking, I'm going to spray you down. <laughs> oh, Lord. Oh, my goodness. That's, That's funny. it. That's, That's it. Funny. That is Funny. You know, oh, Lord. and so I, I remember one <laughs> one guy said, "Ah, oh, you so germaphobic." Okay, watch it now. See, you talking a little bit too much. <laughs> and you, in the end, have turned out to be right. You, in the end, have turned out to be right. That's it. That's it. Well, that was so funny. But you were on that spraying kit long before it began. <laughs> <laughs> What you call it? Oh, boy, what mercy. It was the, he talking, oh, I'm vaccinated. That don't mean shit. You better get up out of here. I love it. You, in the end, you were right. In the end, you were correct. That's so funny, though. You but, yeah, correct. yeah, T yeah. always, T, yeah. when, we, when we went to visit him, now, he, he got a routine, you know, because he, he he flies, so he's constantly, right. as soon as he, we walk out of his door, masks are always on, this and that, bam, bam. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. And then he, he can't was, afford to get sick either. Yeah, so then he was like, oh, mm -hmm. I forgot something, you you in town. I said, yeah, where the lights <laughs> all at? <laughs> <laughs> Like he was like, well, I don't have anybody in the in the apartment. Yeah, you are. So we, <laughs> you're in the apartment. So oh, we got. So that was funny. Oh God! He said, "No, this funny. is this is this and that. We got everything here. We got you know elevators. We on this floor. Nobody's you know this and that. We got he 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 he." I was like, look, it didn't matter. you in here, I'm in here, so it we got to spray. That's it, that's it, that's it, you got to spray. Uh -huh. Now you have to assume that everybody got to assume that everybody is infected now, you got that's to. That's it, you know. The thing is they are born, it's airborne. It doesn't, it doesn't come, come on, it doesn't come on something. Uh -huh. It come uh, inside, it's yeah. Yeah, yeah. So mm -mm. that is that. Well, thank you, Dee, for giving us the latest. You are so, so welcome. I just wanted to just briefly just say, laughing a couple sentences, uh, you have to be a leader instead of a follower. Cleveland Clinic is going to be mandated. Cleveland Clinic employees who are unvaccinated and who do not have an approved exemption, exemption will not be allowed to stay on the job after February 28th. Bam, drop the mic. Mm. So there it is. There it is. Okay. So somebody stood up and said, "This is what we gonna do." Yeah, like like a lot of, like other things should be done. Bam! This is what we're going to do. You can leave if you want to. There's the door. That's it. There's the door. Mm hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, D, once again. Right. You're so welcome. <laughs> Hi, everyone. This is Dr. Vicki Haywood Doe. I just wanted to break in for a quick second and introduce to you the sponsor and creator of this show. It's the company I own, Haywood Doe Consulting Co., doing business as Vicki Doe Fitness. We are a health and wellness consulting company that specializes in designing and implementing medically integrated applied exercise physiology-based fitness wellness programs, initiatives, events, health promotion, and health education for special populations such as older folks, children, adolescents, overweight and obese individuals, cardiac rehab, women's health, and those who have chronic diseases. We have a team and network of healthcare professionals based out of Northeast Ohio, and we've worked with many companies, schools, churches, and organizations. If your goal is to transform your life by taking a holistic approach to living a life of health and total well-being, get in touch with us at info at To find out more about our own site 
and online programs and services, go to vikidofitness.com. And now back to the show. Well, today we talk about research articles and hot topics that we think are worth looking at and talking about. Our topic today is what's new? Hot topics number 73. I'm going to start out with this article. It's talking about um, stress management. And let me get my, my spectacles on. But it's talking about, here we go. It's talking about stress management for the long haul. And this was written in um, MedPage today. And so it says, while the vaccine, so it's talking about that too, while the vaccine and new treatment methods have helped, new variants of the virus mean that this pandemic, this pandemic isn't in our rearview mirror yet. So how do we make it through with our mental health intact for the long haul? Well, it says baking cookies, baking bread from scratch, and watching every movie on Netflix just doesn't cut it. And need to do less healthy strategies like increasing our alcohol consumption, going on shopping sprees, or wishing the time away by sleeping all night and all day. It's time for real do-able stress management practices that can get us through the rest of the pandemic. It's time to be intentional about what we're doing to keep up our mental health. By intentional, I mean actually setting aside time each day or each week to engage in activities that support psychological health. Here are some ways you can do that. Number one, meditation, prayer, quiet time. Can you carve out five to 10 minutes each day to be intentionally quiet and mindful? I recently started using the Calm app, and this is what the author um, is saying, which reminds me to participate in a short mindfulness meditation each day. Headspace is another similar app that's easy to use. I have friends who have begun journaling, praying, and, and even doing guided stretching exercise, exercises that have helped them save space for purposeful purposeful quiet time each day or at least a few times per week but here's the thing we have to actually put these things on our schedules each day or they likely won't happen there are just so many other things that want to come in and grab our time and attention social media tv and etc now physical activity number two do you schedule physical activity or just hope it happens. One potential positive of the COVID era is that I now, this is the author talking, I now have to reserve space when I want to exercise at my local recreation center and pay ahead of time. That means I am much more inclined to actually go. I've already paid. They're expecting me to be there. I am taking up a previous spot at the pool gym fitness class. This is a good thing in doing this. We have to be intentional about our exercise time. And even if we choose to be active on our own or outside where reservations aren't required, it can still be helpful to schedule our time as if we are making a reservation with ourselves. Again, being purposeful about how we are scheduling our time for physical activity is good for our mental health. Want to read more? Check out this article by the American Psychological Association examining the benefits of physical activity on mental health. Number three, make room for what builds you up, limit what doesn't. This sounds so easy, doesn't it? Yet we all know it takes a lot of intentionality and effort to put it into practice. Here are some examples of things that might help boost your mood and mental health. Time with friends, even if it's virtual. Reading a good book. Watching a funny movie. Planning your garden for next spring. Listening to inspiring music. Creating something. A painting, a cake, a bookshelf, a poem. Having a good conversation with a family member. Here are some examples of things that might lower your mood. Watching the news. 
use that's in social true. media. Isn't that something? That's Talking true. to that annoying neighbor down the street or your annoying family member, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Or mm-hmm. talking about politics for an extended period of time. Notice the things that build up your mood and do more of those things. Do less of what brings you down. You likely have more control over how you spend your time when you give yourself credit for. Seek professional help. Many, many Americans are reaching out for professional mental health guidance right now. This is an effective way to intentionally care for your psychological health. Call your health insurance company for a list of providers in your area or ask your employer for information about their employee assistance program to get started. That's it for now. What Those do you, are some good tips. What do you Those have to say for that? Tip. I think no, it's I good. No, I agree. I love it. And I love that part because that's what I do. Mm-hmm. I call ahead and make a reservation to swim, okay. to lap swim. Number one, because I don't want to be in the same lap with somebody else breathing on me. Okay, okay. And also, it's a commitment because now if you call ahead, although I don't have to pay anything extra because I'm up, my dues are already paid, but it's a commitment to let you say, okay, I have reserved this time, and if I don't go, I'm taking somebody else's space. So that's, I like that, what he was talking about, reserving. That makes you be a little bit more committed. It's just all a mind game. You know, a lot it of is mind. mind games that you have to get yourself mentally prepared. And whatever works, you know, whatever works for you, works for you. That's it. It works for you. Mm-hmm. All right. And so our next article, D, what is it? It's talking about diabetes. Yeah. Yes. This is from the American Heart Association. Few Americans with diabetes meet heart targets. The vast majority of patients missing the mark on cardiovascular disease risk reduction. Less than 20% of American adults with type 2 diabetes are meeting targets to reduce their risk for cardiovascular disease, according to a scientific statement put out by the American Heart Association. This includes missing the mark on targets for hemoglobin A1C levels, blood pressure, uh, low-density lipoprotein, cholesterol, as well as being non-smokers, wrote Joshua Joseph of the Ohio State, whoa, Ohio mm-hmm. State University. I, I, don't hear you, I don't hear you cheering. Yes, yes, the yes. Ohio State, <laughs> <laughs> Ohio State University College of Medicine in Columbus. Yes. And chair of the statement writing group and mm-hmm. colleagues in the, in the journal Circulation. The numbers get... Even more grim, if you also incorporate weight into the equation, Joseph's group pointed out less than 10% of adults with type 2 diabetes met the above-mentioned targets and also made the BMI below 30, the cutoff for obesity. And when looking at U.S. adults with type 2 diabetes and known atherosclerotic cardiovascular disease, only 6.8% met the target goals for hemoglobin A1C, blood pressure, low-density lipoprotein, cholesterol, and being non-smokers. Even worse, only 2.7% met these target goals and had a BMI under 30. Far too few people, less than 20% of those with type 2 diabetes, are successfully managing their heart disease risk, and far too many are struggling to stop smoking and lose weight. Two key cardiovascular risk factors. Joseph explained in a statement, healthcare professionals, the healthcare industry, and broader community organizations all have an important role to play in supporting people with type 2 diabetes. This new scientific statement is an urgent call to action to follow the latest evidence-based approaches and to develop new best practices to advance type 2 diabetes treatment and care and reduce cardiovascular risk. A few of these evidence-based Approaches in the new statement drew focus towards three main areas of patient management. Using the new antihyperglycemic agents that are cardioprotective, controlling hypertension, and incorporated newer lipid-lowering therapies. The statement also emphasized the importance of other pharmacological therapies, lifestyle interventions, and surgical treatments to help patients achieve these target goals. One of the strategies listed in the statement recommendations including incorporating the SGLT2 inhibitors or GLP1 receptor agonists into the patient's care regimen. Since 2015, a number of important national and international 
clinical trials that specifically examined new type 2 diabetes medication for lowering cardiovascular disease and cardiovascular mortality risk among people with type 2 diabetes have been completed. The GLP-1 receptor agonists have been found to improve blood sugar and weight, and they have been game changers in reducing the risk of heart disease, stroke, heart failure, and kidney disease. For example, GLP-1 receptor agonist semaglutide is currently FDA-approved at different doses for a slew of indications. At lower doses, injectable ozempic is indicated for type 2 diabetes and to reduce risk of major cardiovascular events, including heart attack, stroke, and death. Semaglutide is approved for chronic weight management at the highest 2.4 milligram dose. As for incorporating lipid-lowering therapies, the statement noted how statins are the cornerstone for lipid therapy in type 2 diabetes. However, beyond these statements, the statement authors also noted the benefits of ezetimabib, PKSK9 inhibitor therapy, mm-hmm. bioacid sequestrants, and vempedoic acid. The American Diabetes Association doesn't recommend a uniform blood pressure target for patients, mm-hmm. although the American Heart... Well, let me just put throw this in there. Mm-hmm. You know, that might be globally, but, you know, you know I'm friends with, with Dr. Yes. Dr. Professor Jackson Wright. Uh-huh. And I think we have to look at this from a demographic standpoint. Yes. Black people need to have their blood pressure at a certain level. Yes. So it's not just this standard blood pressure. African Americans are disproportionately represented with hypertension, diabetes, and so forth. So I don't adhere to this. Mm-hmm. Don't recommend a uniform blood pressure. African Americans who are being cheated for hypertension need to have their, and I'm sure your, your honey sweet would come over here oh, and, big time. and echo what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So the American Diabetes Association doesn't recommend a uniform blood pressure target. The American Heart Association statement pointed out and instead uses a risk stratification model in order to avoid over-treating and fail, frail patients with comorbidities and to decrease the potential of polypharmacy and adverse drug events. And I get that. Yes. So they're trying not to keep people, like old people, to have their blood pressure too low so that when they get up, they fall and hit their heads and so forth. There's a fine medium, and that's a whole topic for a whole other conversation. Yes, yes. Unlike the American College of Cardiology, blanket target blood pressure target of 130 under 80, the ADA said patients with high cardiovascular risk, existing atherosclerotic disease, or 10-year risk score of 15 or higher, 15% or higher, should aim for a target under 140 over 90 or under 130 over 80, or though, there are those who would say even lower. Yeah. Most importantly, the statement calls for a personalized patient-centered approach. That's important. You yes. got to do it be personalized, no, no cookie cutter. Yes. To manage all target goals to mitigate cardiovascular disease risk and type 2 diabetes, a patient-centered approach in this context means reframing our clinical encounters to think about patients as people who live in families, communities, and societies that must be considered in the cardiovascular risk management. Now, I'm going to throw this in here for just a quick second. Yes. What is upending and uprooting mm-hmm. and derailing all of what I just said is COVID-19. Yes. I just read an article the other day that the average weight gain for Americans, yes. I don't know for other studies, it's 30, 30 pounds. pounds. Yep, I read that. This. Did you see that? Yes. During this pandemic. That's and a so lot. What that has done is that is derailing all efforts mm-hmm. of trying to keep diabetes, type 2 diabetes, mm-hmm. hypertension, cholesterol, and all that underway. People can't exercise. Mm-hmm. People have nothing to do. People are drinking more. They're eating more. Mm-hmm. They're doing all those kinds of things that lend themselves just that. And so now we, me, all of us find ourselves in this position where mm-hmm. we're trying to undo what has been done. And I think with a lot of people, mm-hmm. you get, you got caught up. You didn't realize that shelter in place meant you couldn't go walking. You couldn't go exercising. Mm-hmm. Shelter in place meant you were probably eating and grazing more because you had nothing else to do. Mm-hmm. Shelter in place meant that you were probably drinking more because you didn't have anything else to do, and you got that glass of wine, you got out there and watched TV and had popcorn, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Now, I think there are going to be major studies that are going to be done mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. how to reverse the cardiovascular damage, yes. including weight and hypertension values, all that, 
during the era of COVID. And somebody's going to come out with some major, I mean, they should be coming out with some studies. Now you can probably do a two-year perspective right now on how that's because and then another last thing mm-hmm. people haven't been wanting to go to their doctors Vicky, because they don't want to go into the doctor's right. office and get covid right they don't go to the emergency room i see so many diabetic foot infections because people didn't want to come into the emergency room but by the time they get into the emergency room their toes are black and now they have to have an amputation so it's a you talk about a cluster f yes this whole thing has created a massive perfect mm. storm bad health yes so it's not just that we've lost people because of covid and infection pneumonia and all that we're losing going to lose a lot of people because of the long-term effects of what it has done to our health other than covid yes and it comes to the fact you know at, at one point all of us at at ground zero accessibility correct because we always talk about, oh, yeah, you know, accessibility, and we understand that. But when we got to think about these things, not go to our wellness thing, you know, not do this, have to think twice and everything, and at home, then we all have that accessibility problem. And so that's why I was just telling uh, one of my friends the other day, I was like, look, one thing you have to do is you have to get you at least a, a room. I said, now, most people looked at me crazy, but I always said when folks ask me, well, what should we do about exercise? You should always have one exercise cardio something investing in in, in your home, even if it's a bike, elliptical or what have you somewhere in your house and some weights. So you can always do something. Absolutely. You can always do something. I bought myself a ball. Yes. I bought myself some weight. Yes. You know, you can use the rubber bands. You can always, mm-hmm. you know, and on your smartphones now, mm-hmm. I'm finding all these YouTube sites for exercise, mm-hmm. for yoga. I belong to Silver Sneakers now. And mm-hmm. Silver Sneakers has all these exercise programs on your smartphones and stuff. So yes, you can. You kind of don't have an experience. You don't have an excuse. And you can always go to VickyDoFitness.com. We got exercise and training and all that. So there's no excuse now. Now we got to get our mindset because we know that people are kind of down and out and kind of depressed. So, you know, and you don't feel like doing that, you know? Correct. You got it. Like I said earlier. All of this is a mind game. Yes, it is. It's a mind game. And you just got to get, and it's, you know, talking to people and so forth and, you know, owning up to the fact that, yeah, we've let our health go, but by God, we're going to get it back. Yes, we are. Get back to healthy living, right? Get back to healthy living. Exactly. 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 That's it. Well, you know, we are, we could just keep talking forever. So we're going to close it right here. (laughs) And this ends our show, D. So do you have some tips we should think about then? Well, I do. I really like the stress management um, article that you talked about with Mm -hmm. the meditating, praying, and quiet time, uh, your physical activity. We just finished talking about that. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I like the those things that are going to build you up, like making time with friends Mm -hmm. and uh, watching a funny movie Mm -hmm. and uh, doing those kinds of things that are going to build you up as opposed to the things that are going to lower your mood, like watching TV and social media or gossiping with somebody or or, or getting involved in negativity. That's another thing that I think has happened. Yes. With the COVID thing, mm-hmm. we bought into this negativity, mm-hmm. and so I think we need to cleanse our to, to work on cleansing our life and anything around us within our sphere that's negative. Yes. We really have to think about eliminating the negativity from our lives. We really do. That's it, and we that's really that's do. what we talk about here at Vicky Fitness. Ditch that toxic environment. It's not just. It's not just you know, work, you know, most people think of emotional intelligence as, as a work thing. No, right. no, it's your environment. It's your, what you do It's your relationships It's at home. It's how exactly. you handle your emotions. Looking at TV scream. If you screaming and stuff at the TV with the news, then <laughs> that's a negative. <laughs> and you gotta eliminate all this negativity. You have to. 
This time, bro, remember what I said about my friend, and I'll call his name because I know he would love me to give him a shout out, Dr. A- Dr. Andrew Jimerson. Okay, yes, um, yes. His son is the famous Dr. Courage down in yes. Georgia. And was on but our show. He was, was on, on our show. show. Yes, that's right. He sure was. Yes, I remember Doctor Doctor Jemerson when we were in medical school saying, "You just can't react to racism. You can't." <laughs> and and today you can't react to all this sensationalism. Every time you turn around, well, Russia's getting ready to invade U- Ukraine, and mm, this they and found that. something out about our former president, or this is happening with the COVID. You have to kind of calm down, step mm-hmm. back turn the TV off, mm-hmm. and maybe watch something that's funny. You have to, as they say, the new term now is get off the grid for a few minutes. Get off the grid. You are so right. And you so, have to get off the grid for a few minutes. That's it. And so that's why, you know, with me, and I've said it again, sometimes I just got to coordinate myself out. <laughs> you do. Vicki, you do. You absolutely do. You have to do it. And only you can do it. Somebody That's it. can't do it for you. Mm-hmm. You know. And it's it's not oh, yeah. look, it's not it's not nothing. You know, some people say, Well, what did I do? You didn't do nothing. I just need nothing to coordinate. Right. It's nothing personal. I just nothing need to personal. coordinate myself out, take a step back. That's it. Gotta do me. Gotta do me. As always, for more information. Go to our website, vickidofitness.com. And remember, if you have any questions, comments, or just something to say, tweet us, right. email us, go on Facebook, and share with us your thoughts. <laughs> You've been listening to It's All About Health and Fitness with Dr. Vicki Hayward-Doe and Dr. Virginia Banks-Bright. Vicki Doe is owner of Vicki Doe Fitness, a multimedia health and wellness forum, a place to discuss, learn, and participate in healthy living. You can get in touch with Vicki by email at info at vickidofitness.com.